Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Friday! It's all leaving with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. It's a beautiful Friday, lovely Friday. I can't wait to get in the show. Lots to get into. Thursday night football, we're going to go into that game with the Bengals and Browns. NFL picks. We're going to recap game two of the Heat and Celtics. That was a doozy. The NBA announced their MVP. I'm going to also preview game one between the Lakers and the Nuggets for the Western Conference crown. We're going to talk about the Clippers collapse. That's going to be a hot button issue for me. So you know I'm not going to let them off the hook. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Thursday night football is in the books. We had a good game between the Bengals and the Browns. Browns win this game 35-30. to Baker Mayfield goes 16 of 23 for 219 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Nick Chubb had 124 yards. Kareem Hunt had 86 yards on the ground. He had a touchdown. And they just killed the Bengals on the ground all night. Nick Chubb had 5.6 yards to carry. Kareem Hunt had 8.6 yards to carry. They totaled three touchdowns on the ground. Kareem Hunt had a receiving touchdown. OBJ got into the end zone. So it was a good night for the Browns. They looked sharp. You know, but is it more the Browns looking sharp or is it just the Bengals not being a very good team? On the other side, we have Joe Burrow going 37 for 61, 316 yards and three touchdowns. That kid looks very, very poised. They lost the game. Their offensive line is not that great. Joe Mixon struggled all night. He has 16 carries on 46 yards, 2.9 yards a carry. They couldn't get him going. The Browns' defensive line is really good. Miles Garrett was in the backfield all night. They brought great pressure to the rookie. Listen, he handled it. He took a lot of big hits. But kudos to him. Kudos to the Browns for getting this win. If they would have fell to 0-2 in the division, you would have definitely called it a wrap. So the fact that they're 1-1 now, they can at least breathe a sigh of relief to say that they're not 0-2 and they're in a big hole. For the Bengals... It's all about rebuilding. It's all about building a culture here. Joe Burrow looks like the real deal. He looks he looks like a quarterback. He's not scared. I like his competitive fire. But let's talk about Baker Mayfield. What I saw out of Baker Mayfield yesterday, I, I wasn't impressed at all. I was impressed with the Browns' offensive line and how they dominated the Bengals' defensive line. But I wasn't impressed with Baker Mayfield. He made one good pass all night. But in regards to saying, yeah, that was a good bounce back game from week one. No, I'm not going to say that. He threw a horrible interception in this game. And had the Bengals won this game, we would be talking about how poorly Baker Mayfield played. So let's pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield. Let's pump the brakes on saying that he's a good quarterback. Because at the end of the day, I'm still seeing busts written all over him. I'm not seeing that talking smack, bravado, you know, all of this confidence out of Baker Mayfield that we were supposed to see all the time. I'm seeing a quiet, muzzled quarterback that is very humbled and is scared and afraid to make any big mistakes because maybe, just maybe, the organization may say, you know that Baker Mayfield could? Eh, We're not so sure him anymore. Maybe we have to start exploring our options elsewhere. And then also... You know, we saw OBJ get into the rhythm. He caught a nice bomb for the touchdown. And 
last week, all the talk was, is OBJ going to get traded? I'm still hearing reports that the trade is not off the table. They still may end up trading OBJ. And look, it may be the best thing for him because I don't think that this Browns team is very good. Besides Miles Garrett and a couple of guys, I don't think this team is very good. You're as good as your quarterback. And Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. But what impressed me about this Browns offense was those two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Man, they look solid. I think that they may have the best one-two punch for running backs in the NFL. If they are going to continue to play like this, the Browns may have a shot. Just because of these two guys. Not because of anything else. Not because of the bum quarterback. Not because of OBJ and his poop stories. It's because of these particular two guys. And Kareem Hunt, he's definitely been a model citizen since he signed with the Browns. I like to see it. I didn't think that he had a shot to actually get back in the NFL, and he did. And now he's turning around. He's found a home. He got paid recently. So, hey, it, it may work out for the best, but they look impressive. That one-two punch is really, really nice to watch. It's fun to watch because they have a lot of weapons on that team. But when you have a terrible quarterback like Baker Mayfield, it's going to be into question week to week. The one person in that offense that still hasn't gotten into a rhythm is the $44 million man, the tight end, Austin Hooper. He looks completely lost in this offense. He's not getting any opportunities. You would think that Baker Mayfield would use him as a security blanket, but he's not. He's just out there. I really don't know why they spent all of this money if they're not going to use the guy properly. Like, why would you sign him to this big deal if he's not going to be an integral part of your offense? But why should I be surprised? It's the Cleveland Browns. They do everything backwards. And you would think that the fact that Njoku was out until like week five or so, they would really get him into the offense. Baker Mayfield, as bad as he looks, I would be looking for Austin Hooper on every third down. But they didn't need it last night. So hopefully we can see some rapport. We can see some consistency from Austin Hooper. We can see him get the damn ball. Because fantasy owners, they're, they're probably panicking and, and ripping up their lineups right now. Because you drafted Austin Hooper thinking that he's going to have a chance to, to succeed. And in the first two weeks, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that at all. So I started laughing to myself and started thinking, out of these two terrible franchises, who has the best quarterback and who is in the best position going forward to actually be a good franchise? It's a very, very tough question. The Bengals have been a dumpster fire for as long as I can remember. And we all know the Browns' history. They are probably one of the worst top five, top ten organizations in all of sports. But who has the chance to get out of the rubble? Who has a chance to be the next good franchise out of these two. And honestly, I'm going with the Bengals. If we're just going to base the success off of the quarterback, I'm going with the Bengals. Joe Burrow looks like a number one draft pick. We have two number one draft picks at quarterback on these two teams. One guy looks very confident. The other guy looks like he wasn't supposed to be a number one pick. And guess what? Baker Mayfield wasn't supposed to be the number one pick. It was a surprise to everyone when he actually started to move up the chains. He started to move up the draft boards. I didn't really understand it. I still don't understand it. But the Browns decided to take a risk like they always do, and it doesn't look like it's paying off because Baker Mayfield, just because he had one decent game against a Bengals team that's actually in rebuild mode and they're trying to put the pieces together, it's not impressive. Joe Burrow, to me, though, was impressive. He took big shots last night. He looked quick. He got out of the pocket. He, he knew how to roll out. He was going through his progressions. He was looking off receivers. He was making big-time plays, big-time throws last night. And you're looking at a guy that was the most successful college football player of all time. So you can see that this guy is a winner. He has that winning mentality. He has that winning aura around him. And very, very soon... This Bengals team is going to absorb that, they're going to flourish off of that, and they're going to succeed. The Browns, on the other hand, as long as they got Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, they ain't going nowhere. Nowhere fast. In that division, Baker Mayfield is the fourth best quarterback. He's behind Ben, he's behind Burrow, and he's behind Jackson. 
And out of the youngest guys there, he is the worst of the three. So I don't see any future unless they decide to move on from Baker Mayfield. He is a disaster waiting to happen. He's a turnover machine. He doesn't have much rapport with his receivers. He's not well liked. And that really doesn't bode well for his chances to succeed. Because guys, when they're liked, they get chances to fail. Guys, when they're unliked like Baker Mayfield, once they fail, it becomes a snowball effect. And it just gets worse. And I'm going to be one of those guys celebrating when they kick him out the door. Kick him right out the door because that's where he belongs. He's not a good quarterback. Can he become a good quarterback? Of course. But I I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But it's definitely possible. Anything is possible. Me winning the lottery one day is possible. Me having six Bentleys in my driveway is possible. Me having a Fortune 500 company is possible. Is it going to happen? I may have a better chance to do that than Baker Mayfield going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> ah. After the break, we're going to talk about Game 2 versus the Heat and Celtics and preview Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Who won the NBA MVP? I wonder. On a Friday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So the Eastern Conference Finals are getting very interesting. Through two games of the Eastern Conference Finals, we have a team that has won two of them. The Miami Heat are up 2-0 on the Boston Celtics. Miami Heat wins game two, 106-101 in a thriller. They were down big points. They were down as much as 17, and they came storming back in the third quarter, cut the lead, and then they seized the game in the fourth. Bam Adebayo had a great game, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Goran Dragic continues his hot shooting, 25 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Jimmy Butler didn't even have a great game. He had 14 points, and they ended up beating the Celtics. Jimmy Butler has 14 points, and they beat the Celtics. I'm going to say it again. That is a huge indictment on the Celtics. What is going on with Boston? Jason Tatum goes 6 for 12, 21 points, not enough. Marcus Smart, 14 points, 5 for 13 shooting, not enough. Kemba Walker, 9 for 19 shooting, 23 points, not enough. Jalen Brown, 8 for 14 shooting, 21 points, not enough. Here's the issue. The issue with the Boston Celtics is that they won the rebound battle 51 to 42. So they're plus 9 on the rebounds. But they turned the ball over 20 times. I don't care who you play in the NBA. If you turn the ball over 20 times, there's a high chance that you are losing that game. I don't understand what the hell happened to the Celtics down the stretch. They were turning the ball over crazy. Jimmy Butler had two clutch steals, you know, towards the ending of the game, like the final three or four minutes of the game, and that sealed the deal. Then you heard reports about Marcus Smart yelling in the locker room. I would yell too because this team has been in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of times now. They are supposed to understand what is at stake. They're supposed to understand how to get this done. And they are folding. They are looking like a team that does not trust each other. I saw a selfish basketball team down that stretch. I also saw Brad Stevens not make the proper adjustments that he needed to make. I didn't understand what the hell the Celtics were doing in that second half. They looked terrible. They look absolutely terrible. And what you're seeing is you're seeing a Miami Heat team. They're gritty. 
They get up in you. They're not scared. If they're down big points, it doesn't matter. They have the shooting to get back in the game. They have confidence. They got guys on that team that have no fear at all. And Eric Spolscher right now is the best coach left in the NBA playoffs. He is coaching his ass off right now. Kudos to Eric Spolstra. But am I shocked? No, I'm not shocked at all. Because I told you guys that I had the Miami Heat getting to the NBA Finals. I had the Miami Heat beating the Bucks. I knew that they were going to beat the hell out of Milwaukee. Then I said that the Miami Heat, they're going to win the Eastern Conference crown. They're going to beat the Boston Celtics. I had the Heat winning this series in six. They may end up wrapping this stuff up in four. It's crazy how they look right now. They have a team that has no fear. They are prepared. They are ready. They are always on point. They are always ready to play. And that's what I like about this team. They have a chance to win an NBA championship. That is not a joke. It's time to take the Miami Heat seriously. They mean business. Business. And they coming for that crown. I respect them, man. I respect Jimmy Butler. I wanted him on the Lakers. I thought he would have been a great third piece for that team. It didn't work out. He knew what Miami had. He knew what the plan was. He knew what direction this team was going to, and he decided to take that leap. And I respect him for that. Now, going to the Boston Celtics, what do they have to do? What do they have to do to turn this series around? They have to start trusting each other. They have to stop taking bad shots. They have to be very, very careful with the basketball. This is a team that has discipline. I don't understand why they're so loosey-goosey with the basketball. They have to understand who they're playing. The Miami Heat, they're a scrappy team. They're going to get into passing lanes. You have to make better decisions with the basketball. Kemba Walker looked decent last night for the first time in a while, but I just didn't like the rhythm that the team had when he was just coming down taking shots. It just didn't look like Boston Celtics basketball. Brad Stevens has to get this team in check. He has to make sure that they're on the same page. They have to get on the same page because if they end up looking like a team in turmoil in game three, this series is going to be over and over quickly. And honestly, they would have only themselves to blame because Boston was a team that we all looked at to say if Toronto stumbles, if Milwaukee ends up choking, Boston has a chance to get to an NBA championship and possibly win an NBA title. So they have themselves to blame. They've been knocking on the door for years now with this unit. And if they choke again, it's all on them. It's all on them. You can't blame it on nobody else. They have the talent. They have the coaching. They have the resources. They just didn't get it done. Period. You can't blame this shit on Kyrie no more. He not there. He not there. You can't blame it on his weird ass no more. It's all on y'all. All right, turning our attention to the Western Conference Finals, game one between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Denver Nuggets are a team of history. They're a walking monument. They have come back from two 3-1 deficits in the same playoffs, and now they have the Los Angeles Lakers in their way. Can they pull off the upset? Can they be able to knock off two L.A. teams that were favored to win the NBA title? They were actually 1-2 and two in regards to title favorites, title odds. Can they be able to pull off the upset? I like Denver. I like their pieces. I like Jokic. He's a good big man. He's probably the best passing big man I've ever seen. Jamal Murray, I've been screaming to the heavens on this podcast that, listen, this kid, when he's consistent, the Denver Nuggets can be able to win any game that they play. However, consistency is his problem. The role players, can they get off? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to be able to be consistent in this series? Will he be able to play defense because he's so undersized in regards to weight? Can he be able to bang? Can he be able to be a vital piece defensively? These are a lot of question marks for the Denver Nuggets. And honestly, what I'm going to say is no. I don't think that they win this series. I think that they're a good team, but this is where the buck stops for them. The Lakers have too much to deal with. LeBron James, Anthony Davis are hands down the best NBA duo. They pose so many matchup issues for you that it weighs on you defensively. It weighs on you in a seven-game series. 
it makes you get out of character to have to play a perfect game defensively or play a perfect game offensively to make sure that you're keeping them at bay. It's very tough. It's a very tough challenge for them to overcome. The Clippers are one story. The Clippers are a bunch of choke artists and talkers. This team is an actual team. They have chemistry. They have rapport. They have leadership. There's the difference between both LA teams. This is why I feel that Denver is going to fight. They're going to fight hard, but I don't see them winning this series. I do think that they can be able to steal this game tonight. I do believe if there's a game that they can be able to win, it's tonight. They can steal game one. The Lakers in these playoffs have approached every game one like Floyd Mayweather. You would watch a Floyd Mayweather fight and he's kind of, you know, just measuring kind of seeing what the what the opponent has and the opponent gets a couple hits off everybody gets hyped everybody thinks oh Floyd is done Floyd is done oh he got a he got a challenge tonight and then by round 4 round 5 round 6 round 7 round 8 the fight just completely changes everybody's like damn he didn't land another punch on Floyd for like 5 rounds this is what the Lakers do they see what you have and then they counter and then they counter again. And then they beat you into submission. That's what this team does. Can Denver be able to withstand that? Listen, they have been battle tested. There's no team in the history of this league that has been more battle tested than Denver. What they've had to overcome, what they've had to deal with, the bad coaching, all of the question marks and the uncertainty, they have galvanized together. They have gotten closer and they have made this impossible run. I commend them. I'm telling you, I got much respect for the Nuggets. But it's Cabo time. And also, <laughs> my homies in Denver are going to hate this. But yo, Mike Malone is coming back, y'all. Just know, after this impressive historical run, Mike Malone is coming back. I know, I know, I, I understand the pain. But you just got to deal with it. <laughs> So the official bold prediction for this series, bold prediction, I have the Lakers winning this in six games. I keep saying how much respect I have for Denver. I have a lot of respect for them. That's why I'm not saying a gentleman sweep in five games. I'm giving them two games, and then it's time to go home. Big news today, the NBA has finally chosen their MVP of the regular season, and it is Giannis Atenacumpo. He wins back-to-back MVPs. He is the first player since Hakeem Olajuwon to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. He joins Michael Jordan as the only back-to-back regular season MVP that's also won a Defensive Player of the Year. So he is in historical company congratulations to Giannis Antetokounmpo but now that we got all the pleasantries out of the way is he actually the MVP should he have won the MVP over LeBron James here's my case for no LeBron James spent his entire career in the Eastern Conference for years they said that the Eastern Conference was the Eastern Conference. It was the conference that nobody cared about, right? It wasn't banging with the West. All the great players were were in the West. So then LeBron decides to take his talents West. In his second year with the Lakers, he moves the point guard and leads the NBA in assists. And the Lakers end up having the best record in the Western Conference, the harder conference. So if we're putting this all into perspective, he went to a new conference, dominated that conference with his team, and led the league in assists. I'm not saying that Giannis was not deserving of the MVP. His numbers were historic. He put up tremendous PER numbers that we've never seen before, right? All of those things are true. But I'm saying, what is actually the definition of an MVP? Most valuable player if Giannis was not on the Milwaukee Bucks would the Milwaukee Bucks still be a playoff team yes they would be if you remove LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers 
are the Lakers a playoff team? No, they're not. The Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron James are the New Orleans Pelicans when Anthony Davis was there. Pretty decent. They have some decent pieces, but they can't get over the hump. In my opinion, this is LeBron James' greatest achievement as a leader in the NBA. This Lakers team, he galvanized his team from day one. They were close. You know, he had a, a text chat with them. He made sure the camaraderie was there from day one. This has been a great, great performance all around by LeBron James. Organizationally, individually, being a leader, he showed the Lakers the way this season. And they are on the verge of possibly getting to another NBA final because of LeBron James. So what are we talking about here in regards to valuable player? This is what the award should be. It shouldn't be that you have the best numbers on the best team. That's not an MVP to me. It should be the most valuable player and what he brought to that team. I'm not saying that Giannis is not a great player. I am just saying that the Bucks are still a playoff team without the guy. We saw that Giannis struggled in the second round of the playoffs against the Heat. The game that he actually sat out, the Bucks won. Now, granted, it's one game. I'm not going to overblow that like they could have did that the entire season. I'm just saying that they could have made the playoffs. I'm not talking about a number one seed. I'm not even talking about a number four or five. They would have possibly been a six, seven, or eight, maybe possibly a five, but they would have gotten to the playoffs. So what are we really talking about here? We have to start thinking about the MVP award as that. MVP, most valuable player. If not, then change the name of the award. Change it to the best player on the best team award because that's what it is. That's what it's turned into, and that's not what it's supposed to be. All my basketball fans out there, give me a person at age 35 that has done what LeBron James did this season. I'll wait. I will wait until I find an answer. And honestly, I'm not going to get one because there is nobody. There's nobody you can speak of. This guy, what he did this year is phenomenal. And deadass, I feel sorry for Denver because of it. The fact that they did this to LeBron James, you're giving this guy extra motivation to show everybody that he's actually the real MVP. Normally, LeBron James comes out of the gate very sluggish in the game one. You may, you may see the dog out of him tonight. Ugh. NBA, y'all did this. Blame yourselves for what happens to the Nuggets in this series. Blame yourselves. Stephen A. Smith had it right. He voted for LeBron James. I don't know who else voted, but they all should have voted that way. Because what this man did, you probably won't see again at his age. Period. After the break, we talk about the Los Angeles Clippers epic collapse. <laughs> On a Friday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money. Representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All Even. We here. Let's go. But this was the biggest boss move <laughs> I've seen of, of a player in my 25 years of covering the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, who would have thought he could get another player Paul George, with three years left on his deal, a deal you just signed last year, you spurned LeBron James last year and the Lakers to sign in OKC, and he comes and tells you demand the trade or gets you to demand the trade mm -hmm. to the Clippers. Like, unbelievable props to Kawhi. Prices just went up. Don't talk <laughs> to us. Don't talk to us. The Lakers era is over. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Welcome back, y'all. I'm disgusted with myself. I really am. Because I hate being right. <laughs> I hate being right. Last July, 
when Kawhi Leonard shocked the world and signed with the Clippers and then Paul George signed with the Clippers, everybody around the world, all the pundits, Kawhi pulled the biggest power move in all of basketball. And I said, just wait. They'll show you who they are and I'll be sitting here waiting, waiting for the backlash. Clippers blow a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. And this is not the first time the Clippers have blown a 3-1 lead. No, 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 no. Doc Rivers, this is number three for him. He blew one when he was with the Magic, with Tracy McGrady. He blew one with Lob City, Chris Paul and them. And now he blows it with Kawhi the Great. Panic P. Waldo George. The biggest cheerleader in the league. Patrick Beverly. Marcus Morris, who nobody likes. The new occupants of the basement. <laughs> All the shit talking that this organization did. From last July up till now, everybody bought it. Listen, everybody bought it. Kawhi Leonard was the best basketball player on the planet. He just led the Toronto Raptors to an NBA title. The Lakers thought that they had a great chance to get him. And behind the scenes, Kawhi Leonard was being Mr. Power Broker. He wanted to be LeBron James. Him and Uncle Dennis. They were asking for outlandish stuff from different teams. And he called everybody. He called KD. He called Kyrie. He called Jimmy Butler. And they all said no. Then he called Mr. Flight Risk, Waldo George, and said, hey, you want to come team up with me? Okay. After he just signed a big deal with Oklahoma City. So he's doing all of this behind the scenes while the Lakers feel that they have a chance to sign him while Toronto feels that they have a decent chance to sign him. He goes to the Clippers and says, I want you to trade your best young guy, and I want you to get Paul George, and I want you to trade all of your draft picks for him as well. And what did the Clippers do? Because it's the Clippers, and they're the most desperate franchise to win in all of basketball. They say, okay, Kwai, we'll do whatever you say. And they did that for Paul George. If nobody remembers this as well, Toronto was really confident in signing Kawhi. But guess what Kawhi and Uncle Dennis asked for? They asked Masai Ujiri to trade Pascal Siakam for Paul George. And Masai Ujiri, who was a very smart man, told Kawhi Leonard he can go pack his bags and get out of his office. Because there's no friggin' way I'm going to trade my young star, my young budding talent for that flight risk, for that guy that you cannot trust when you need him. No. Thanks, but no thanks, Kawhi. We don't want you no more. So he turned his attention to the Clippers. They appeased to him. And here we go. We're off to the races. Vegas has the Clippers as the best odds to win the championship. Chris Broussard is saying that the Clippers are going to win. There's so many people out there. Steve, uh, Stephen A. was saying it. So many pundits were saying that the Clippers were the team to beat. And little old me that doesn't have a show, that was just going to school, was screaming the horn. This team is going to collapse on itself. You know why? Because you can't trust Paul George won, and a guy that plays 60% of the season cannot lead you to a championship without a foundation in place. Toronto already had their foundation built. All he did was come on that team and get them over the hump. But they won a lot of games without him. I think they were like 15-5 and five in the games that he sat out, the 20 games that he sat out that season. So he thought that he can be able to repeat the same type of success with a team that has no soul. This Clippers team had no soul. It was a bunch of guys that were put together like an ISA team, like a rec team, like a tournament team, like a weekend warrior team, and go out there and just figure it out. This was a recipe for disaster that nobody saw coming. 
But I did. I saw it. Playing basketball my entire life, I understand how valuable chemistry is. I understand how valuable practice time is. I understand how valuable coaching is. I understand how valuable building an environment, a community of trust is. The Clippers had none of this. None of it. You had an owner that's desperate to get out of the basement, so he's trying to weasel his ass to the to the forum, trying to steal that from Genie Bus. You have a head coach that has a history of choking in game sevens that has automatically now accepted this load management bullshit. And you have a team that has no time together because Paul George missed a month. Kawhi Leonard missed all of the games that he misses because that's just natural for him. He just doesn't feel like playing. It's not the fact that he's hurt. He just doesn't feel like playing. The Clippers disrespected everything that was sacred about the sport of basketball. Camaraderie, chemistry, working in practice, building that rapport, playing hard, playing hard every night. They just felt that, oh, we're the best team. We have the best perimeter defense in all of basketball. We'll figure it out. Nah, that's not the way it works. And man, was I happy to see them fail. They are a failure of a franchise. They've always been. And I don't want to hear Kawhi Leonard's name in the upper echelon of great players in regards to Michael Jordan or Irving, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, LeBron James. He's a great player. But he's not a historical great player. I don't want to hear it. Let me keep it a buck. Any team that signs up to take Kawhi Leonard's bullshit in regards to him not wanting to play every game, you deserve every bad thing that happens to you as a team, as an organization. I don't feel sorry for the Clippers. They did it to themselves. When you do this, when you put all of your eggs in one basket, one Weak-ass, load-managing basket, this is what you get. This is not a team. This is not an organization. This is a sham. This is a hoax. That's all they've been is smoke and mirrors the entire season. Empty calories. That's all they are. And the Denver Nuggets exposed them for what they actually are. You know who really exposed them? The Dallas Mavericks, too. Because if Porzingis was healthy, they would have probably bust their ass in the first round. So I don't want to hear about the Clippers no more. Plus, after the season, after the fact, you're starting to hear all of these leaks. Kawhi Leonard is not happy with Doc Rivers. Then we find out that Kawhi Leonard didn't even practice. They they weren't doing any workouts, no cardio. What type of leadership is this? What type of circus are we running here? It's a joke. (laughs) The (laughs) The Clippers are the best team in the league. Kawhi Leonard is up there with Jordan. I heard all of this nonsense, and every day it would piss me off. But I said, just like my man Rodman, one day, one day, they're going to reveal themselves to you. They're going to show you exactly the frauds that they are, and that's exactly what they are. Look at that Game 7. That Game 7 showed us a few things. One, that Paul George is probably the worst... (laughs) (laughs) he's probably the worst clutch player I've ever seen. The man hit the side of the backboard. He didn't score a basket in the fourth quarter. Neither did Kawhi. One of the best players in the league. He's top five, right? He went one for 11 in the second half. If LeBron James would have did that, they would have crucified my man. They would have crucified him. But Kawhi Leonard doesn't get a pass. Not from me. He'll never get a pass from me. His load management ass will never get a pass from me. If you are not man enough to play 70 games in a season, stop playing basketball. Play something else. They got names for people like you. I ain't going to say it, but they got names for people like Kawhi Leonard. So after this historic choke job, where does this leave the Clippers? Well, I will tell you. They have a lot of roster issues, don't they? Patrick Beverly, his contract, nobody wants his bum ass, so they're stuck with him. Patrick Patterson, free agent. Zubach, free agent. Montrezl Harrell, free agent. Reggie Jackson, free agent. Marcus Morris, free agent. 
You see a trend here? And they have no draft picks. They have no assets to get better. I'm sure Steve Ballmer is going to want to spend in a luxury tax and keep the team together. What team? You have a team with a bunch of guys that don't trust each other. We heard from Montrezl Harrell back in like April. He said, we are not a good team. Until we get some chemistry and start playing like a real team, we are not a good team. That's what he said. But nobody rung the, the, the alarm bells that time, right? No, no, no. Oh, Clippers, they'll figure it out. They could just be able to turn a switch. Where's the history for people to say that? This is why sometimes you got to be careful who you listen to. Because these pundits, they jump off a cliff sometimes. What history gave you that particular notion to think that they were going to figure it out? Huh? It didn't make sense. I'm looking at something and I'm like, oh, how does anybody else don't see what I see? This is a team that has nothing. There's no chemistry here. There's no trust. They are the biggest front runners in NBA history. When they're winning, everybody's laughing. Everybody's making jokes. Look what they did to Dame in the bubble. He missed two clutch free throws and Patrick Beverly's on the sideline falling over. Paul George is over there falling over, cracking jokes. You ain't about that life. You ain't built for that. And when the pressure got too tight for you, Paul George, Waldo George, what did you say? Oh, when I'm dealing with mental health issues, I'm not going to clown on you when it comes to that. I am not going to clown on you when it comes to that. I am just going to talk about your basketball game. Be man enough as to when you dish it out, you can be able to take it. Because especially out of your mouth to say, well, the internal expectations were, you know, it wasn't a title or bust this year. Really? Y'all didn't behave that way, though. Y'all didn't behave that way. You behave like hooligans and idiots. And that's why everybody is lavishing that y'all collapsed and choked. That's why. Because y'all have no class. You will continue to have no class. Why? Because you work for a classless organization. You work for a desperate organization that all they want to do is steal headlines instead of building a good, respectable roster, a good, respectable team. And I ain't going to lie to you. I'm a little disappointed because I wanted to see the Clippers play the Lakers. I wanted to see it because the beating that they would have gave you, the beating the Lakers would have given the Clippers, it would have been unmerciful. And every Laker fan would have tried to find any Clipper fan they can and rub it in their face. This is what you guys deserve. Ridicule, constant ridicule for the entire duration of this offseason. You guys are jokes. You will continue to be jokes and you will continue to live in the Lakers basement. Continue. I don't care what arena you live in or what arena you guys end up getting. You will always be basement dwellers. That's what you are. You are a desperate franchise and I can't wait to see what happens next season. Because if you guys don't win the championship next year, guess what's going to happen, Steve Ballmer? Guess what's going to happen, Doc Rivers? Kawhi Leonard will leave. Paul George will leave. And all of those assets that you gave up, Shea Gildress Alexander, Gallinari, the draft picks, are all gone for what? Two years of nothing? Two years of front running? Of BS? Of posers? <laughs> I got nothing else, man. I got nothing else. I'm done. After the break, my NFL picks for week two on a Friday. It's all even. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening again. I'm sick and tired of this car. We have all been there, stuck on the road with people to see and places to go, so your radiator is busted. No problem. A to Z Auto can have you back on the road in no time. I took my car to A to Z, had a nice cold beverage, and was out of there before I knew it. 42 years of service, you can bet that not only do they take care of your car, but they take care of you. Custom work, nobody does it better. Bob is knowledgeable and can diagnose the problem in a matter of minutes. From his five-star reviews to the testimonials of customers' experiences, A to Z Auto is top-notch. 
Ranch. Located at 1048 Hortons Lane in South Hole, New York. Ask for Bob and let him handle the rest. For a free quote, call 631-765-6849 and never get stuck in the heat again. Welcome back, y'all. So let's get right to it. Let's get to my NFL picks for week two. First matchup we're going to go ahead and talk about is the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. I got the Dallas Cowboys winning this game 35-27. to Dallas is coming off a lackluster game one, week one, where they didn't play that well. Dak Prescott was 10 for 21 in the second half. They definitely have to play better. They have a lot of injuries. That offensive line is a little banged up. The linebacker core is a little banged up, but I still feel that they have better skill positions. I still believe that they can be able to pull this game out. For the Falcons, listen, they're good. They have a lot of talent, but defensively, they are a sieve. They cannot stop anyone defensively. And for what the Seahawks did to them week one, you can count on the Dallas Cowboys being able to have the same type of opportunities against the Falcons. Is Todd Gurley going to be able to be effective against that Dallas front seven? I'm not sure. Let's see what happens, but I do have Dallas winning this game. Next matchup we have is the New York Giants against the Chicago Bears. I got the Bears winning this game in a rout. Bears win this game 30-15. I don't think that the Giants get into the end zone. I think that this offense is bad. This offensive line is bad. Saquon Barkley is not great in pass protection. He does not look like he wants to pass protect. And that's an issue because Daniel Jones needs all the help he can get. They need guys that can be able to block and protect this guy. And just know that the Chicago Bears are going to load up 8, 9, 10 guys in the box to stop Saquon Barkley. So they're going to force Daniel Jones to pass. They're going to force Daniel Jones to win this game. And I don't think that this kid can do it. He's a turnover machine. He makes a lot of bad decisions. And I don't think that the Giants can get into the end zone against the Bears. On the Bears side, I think Mitch Trubisky, all he has to do is just play mistake-free football. Don't turn the ball over. Hand the ball off to David Montgomery. Hand the ball off to Tariq Cohen. Let Allen Robinson get some touches. You know, let him be the focal point of the passing game. And they're going to win this game handily. The defense is going to be all over the Giants all night. Daniel Jones is going to be on his back a lot. A lot. Next matchup we have is going to be the Detroit Lions against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is coming off a phenomenal week one. They played great against the Vikings. They had everything clicking. I don't see that anything is going to change come week two. They got the Lions. The Lions are a decent team. They ended up giving that game away against the Bears in week one. So I'm going to see what type of energy they have come week two. But I just believe that Green Bay has a better team. Their offense is explosive. Green Bay wins this game 28-20. to I see Aaron Rodgers having another great night. I think Aaron Rodgers goes for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones is going to have a good game. Devontae Adams is going to have a field day on this secondary. So it's going to be a long day for Detroit. Next matchup we have are two 1-0 teams, the Jaguars going against the Titans. I have the Titans winning this game 21-17. This is going to be a defensive struggle, but I do believe that Derrick Henry is going to be able to run the ball at will. He's going to be able to get wherever he wants to get to. Tannehill is going to be good. Look for Jonu Smith to have a big game. I don't think that the Jaguars linebackers can be able to, to deal with that. On the Jaguar side, look, Gardner Minshew, he's a heck of a player. I like Gardner Minshew. I like his moxie. I just don't feel that they have enough to win this week. But they're not a bad team. They're a team in transition. They got a lot of draft picks going forward. They're going to fight. But they just don't have enough to beat this Tennessee team. This Titans team is really, really good. Up and down the roster, they're tough. They're gritty. They have exactly what they need to move forward. This is a team that can bludgeon you with their defense and bludgeon you with their running game, and the game is over. That's it. They, they don't need to do much else. On the opposite spectrum now, we have two teams that are 0-1. We have the Vikings going against the Colts. I have the Vikings winning this game 27-17. Vikings bounce back from a tough loss to the Packers. Kirk Cousins goes nuts in this game. I think Kirk Cousins goes for 275 and three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook is going to have a game. Adam Thielen is going to put his mark on this game. I think the Colts don't have enough. 
they lost a big piece of their of their puzzle marlon mack is out for the season we're gonna see what the young boy taylor has in the backfield philip rivers is still a decent serviceable quarterback but i just don't feel that they have enough to beat this vikings team that front seven is good they're gonna be able to get to rivers put pressure on him and when you put pressure on rivers he will turn the ball over up next is the afc east matchup between the one and oh bills and the dolphins I got the Bills winning this game handily. They win this game 27-12. Dolphins don't have a chance offensively to do anything with this Buffalo Bills team. I think Josh Allen goes crazy. I think he doesn't have an impressive game throwing the ball, but he's going to have a dual threat type of game. So he throws for 220. He rushes for 87 yards, couple touchdowns, and they end up bludgeoning in this team with their defense and winning this game handily. Coach Flores is putting in some attitude with this Dolphins team. I like the direction that they're going in. They're just not ready yet. Once Tua is named the starter, then I'm really interested to see what this team looks like. But for right now, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the, the quarterback, they're, they're, they're just in transition. It's just a bad transition for them to be in. They want to get to the Tua era already, but they're just not there yet. Up next is the Rams against the Eagles. The Rams are 1-0 coming off an impressive victory against the Cowboys, and the Eagles look terrible. They lost to the Washington football team and gave up eight sacks. So if they gave up eight sacks to the football team, what do you think the Rams and Aaron Donald are going to do to them? This is going to be a beating. I got the Rams winning this game 25 to 15. Like I said last week, I don't have much confidence in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz just looks like a fraud to me. He has the look of a franchise quarterback. He just doesn't play like one. And the Rams are going to smell blood, and they are going to smell blood early. They're going to attack, and they're going to have him on his back a lot, a lot. Next game we have is going to be the 49ers against the Jets. This may be the biggest blowout of the weekend. I have the 49ers winning this game 37-10. to This is going to be an epic beating. The Jets have the worst offense in football. The 49ers have one of the best defenses in football. Do the math. If they can't protect Darnold, they're not going to be able to get anything done. They don't have any skill positions. They have no wide receivers because guess what? Jamison Crowder is out for week two. So he has nobody to throw the ball to. Le'Veon Bell is out a couple weeks. This is going to be a bad game for the Jets and Hopefully, this gets Adam Gase closer to getting fired because once they see how inept this team looks come week two and after week two and know that Adam Gase, since he's coached this team, the Jets have been in the bottom half, if not the worst, in offensive efficiency, in offense, period. So this is going to be a bad game. It's going to be a bad game for the Jets. It's going to be a bad game for everybody around the Jets. And the 49ers get back into the win column. Up next is going to be the Broncos against the Steelers. Steelers had an impressive game coming off of the Monday Night Football win. Ben Roethlisberger, who is my comeback player of the year, he's going to have a phenomenal game against the Broncos. I had the Steelers winning this game in a shootout, 35-30. This is going to be a good game, but I think that the Steelers are going to come out on top. The Denver Broncos, they have a lot of injuries. Cortland Sutton is hurt. They're still trying to find themselves defensively, so I have them losing this game. But they're still a decent team. They'll be able to bounce back and see what they can do. Like I said, the blow of losing Vaughn Miller for the entire season is going to linger the entire season. So it's going to be a tough sledding for them. But they're going to fight. They're a fighting team. But they lose this week. They lose this week, definitely. Up next, we have the Panthers versus the Buccaneers. I had the Buccaneers winning this game 23-17. to Bucks just do enough to win this game. Tom Brady doesn't impress me in this game at all, but I think that he does have an efficient game. I think he throws for about 270 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and they end up winning this game. I just don't think that Carolina offensively knows what they're doing right now. They have a new coach. You know, Rule is still there trying to figure things out. They have the best weapon in football, but Bridgewater is still trying to figure things out as well. So they're kind of working out the kinks. And Tampa Bay is catching them at a good time. I don't think that Tampa Bay is a good team, but I do see that they win this game. And everybody that picked Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl before this can be happy. Up next, we have the Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals win this game 32-24. I believe the Cardinals have a great offense. 
Kyler Murray is going to go nuts. He has the best weapon in football, possibly, in DeAndre Hopkins. So they had the connection going. They had a phenomenal week one, and they continue that dominance here. I don't think that Washington has enough. They showed a great, great performance in week one against the lowly Eagles, but this ain't the Eagles. This ain't a team that's just going to sit there and take it. This is a dynamic offense, a dynamic team, and Arizona is going to show and flex their muscle against the Washington football team. Next matchup we have is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs against the Los Angeles Chargers. This is going to be a good game, but I have the Chiefs winning big. I got the Chiefs winning this game 35-20. to The Chiefs are just a well-oiled machine. There's nothing really you can do about this team. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's the new toy in this system that they're just going to continue to use. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He's going to show his dominance in this game. Tyreek Hill is going to have a monster game. I think Tyreek Hill goes for eight catches and 120. Pat Mahomes goes for 350 and three touchdowns. They're going to have a field day on this team. For the Chargers, they're in transition. Tyrod Taylor is their quarterback, and he's just holding the seat. He's keeping it warm because Justin Herbert's coming. Justin Herbert is going to be the quarterback of this team come week seven, week eight. And I can't wait for it. I can't wait for him to start. I think he's dynamic. I think he's going to be one of the best young quarterbacks in this league. So once they get him going, then that's when this team is going to see some promise. But for right now, they're kind of like the, the Dolphins where they're in this transition phase and you're just waiting for the young quarterback to take the reins. Next game we have is the Baltimore Ravens against the Houston Texans. I have Baltimore winning this game 38-32. to This is going to be a shootout. Lamar Jackson goes nuts. I think Lamar Jackson goes for 270, 100 yards rushing. He has three total touchdowns. Deshaun Watson is going to have a good game, but I just don't feel that they have enough offensively. This is kind of like what Russell Wilson was dealing with a few years back when they had no weapons offensively and it was just him. This is what Watson has to deal with. His organization put him in a bad spot by trading DeAndre Hopkins. I don't understand what the hell they're doing. They're a stupid organization. We all know that. And Watson has to pay for it. He accepted the money, and now he has to be the guy to sit in that bed, to lay in that dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans. Next matchup we have is the Patriots versus the Seahawks. Both teams are 1-0. Cam Newton had a great game week one. He looked impressive. But I think the Seahawks win this game 30-20. Seahawks looked fantastic week one. They did whatever they wanted to do against the Falcons, and I think that Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in this league. I don't see that Bill Belichick is going to be able to stop him. Bill Belichick is a mastermind. He's a defensive genius, but Russell Wilson is on another level. Offensively, I love their pieces. I like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. They have it going. They're going to get it going against this team, and the Seahawks win this game handily. And for the Monday night football game, we have the New Orleans Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders. I have the Saints beating the hell out of the Raiders, 35-20. to I know that Michael Thomas is out for the Saints, but I just feel that Emmanuel Sanders is going to step up. He's going to have a phenomenal game. I believe that Alvin Kamara is going to get it going. They may even get Latavius Murray to get some, some touches and, and be dominant as well. I just feel the Saints have it going. They, they know exactly what they want to do offensively. Defensively, that secondary is probably the best in the league. It's going to be a tough, tough game for Derek Carr and the bunch. You know, Josh Jacobs had a great first game week one, three touchdowns, but it's not going to happen week two. This is not going to happen against the Saints. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle all night. Saints win this game easily. That's it for the NFL picks. I want to see how I do. Surely I'll do fine, but if I don't, so what? It's only week two. I'll, I'll balance it out. After the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Friday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down to your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. 
for $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We yeah. pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. John Wall was the candidate on Monday, but he's not the winner. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... The Los Angeles Clippers. The entire organization. Oh, you thought I was done with them. No, 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 no. The Clippers are my... Dummy. Yeah. Because they were the bullies of the block. They were the ones that were picking on everybody and making fun of everybody and embarrassing everybody, front-running, and then they got their ass kicked. And then all you heard was excuses after. Everybody's making excuses. Kawhi Leonard saying that he doesn't trust the coaching staff. Yeah, you don't trust the coaching staff now, so you don't trust the coaching staff that gave you everything you wanted. How does that make sense? Then you hear from Mr. Flight Risk, Paul George, that, oh, well, we, would, we, didn't, we didn't want to win a championship anyway. You know, it wasn't about this year. Bullshit. Then you heard about Patrick Beverly. It's, it's just always something with this team. They make excuses for everything. I'm sure if they got into a fight and they got their ass kicked, they would have said, yo, the only reason why I lost that fight is because I slipped and fell and the guy got the jump on me. But here's the moral of the story, Clippers. You lost. Eat it. Accept it. It's okay. You guys were the front runners. You guys thought you were better than everybody else. And you lost. It's time to go back to the basement. Time to go back to your mama's basement. Lick your wounds and come back for next season. Steve Ballmer, where's all that dancing now? All that, yeah, let's do it, yeah. I didn't see none of that stuff when y'all were getting your ass kicked. All I saw was the little face mask that you had and this sad look of depression on your face. You know who was dancing, seeing your face like that? Jeannie Buss. She was probably wilding out. She was twerking, probably doing anything that she wanted because seeing you miserable makes her happy and it makes me happy and it makes the world happy but don't worry about it the 70 billion dollars that you have it will make you feel better but you still live in the basement get out of the basement do something with your organization and make them not look like complete jokes <laughs> every time i think about the clippers i just think of something bad what is a clipper what is that you need to change the name, change the branding of this entire team because the stink, the stink of this franchise, it just engulfs Los Angeles. This is why the smog is so heavy. This is why the air quality is bad. It's because you guys exist. California has enough teams. I don't think you guys need to stay in California. Go to New Mexico. Go to Seattle. They need a team. But please... Get out of L.A. You guys are a disgrace. It's the Lakers and the Dodgers. We don't need another L.A. team. We're good. The Anaheim Angels, they're kind of like on the cusp. They're like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They're not even legit Los Angeles. Just get the hell out of Los Angeles. You guys are a disgrace. And take Clipper Darrell with you. He is the worst. The worst. Anybody who is a Clipper fan has insecurity issues. <laughs> they just don't feel good enough. So Clippers organization, you guys may be the biggest losers on the planet right now, but you're a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I hope y'all have a great weekend. There's a lot of good football games on this weekend. I'll see y'all on Monday so we can talk about it. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.